Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. We've uh, we've just uh, no we we have just watched the Unquiet Dead, mm-hmm. but we also watched, as promised, <laughs> we watched the video for Toxic by Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that uh, when I was thinking about Toxic originally, I was thinking of the chorus of the song and I couldn't see any kind of a thread after listening to the lyrics of the first verse I do think it actually kind of makes sense to have that be the the Britney Spears song talking about you know so high can't come down they're on a space station orbiting the earth uh you know I can't remember the rest of the lyrics but there are some other ones that actually fit a little bit so I'm, I'm more on board also um you know she's she's a uh, a flight attendant on an airplane at the beginning Mm -hmm. so also you know not exactly thematically similar but an airplane is high up so is a space station there's a steward who got cooked by the sun (laughs) uh yeah i'm I'm stretching a little bit but uh, i quite liked the video that was good i uh i felt like it was you know the uh precursor to taylor swift's bad blood only you know i like this better there was that um you're talking about the laser scenes uh that actually reminded me of spies Spy stuff uh, that reminded me of the jumping through laser scene in the Doctor's Daughter in series four. I don't remember that at all. I only saw that the once as well. It's probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. What about the uh, the see through glittery bl- uh, bodysuit? Then how does that tie in? Um, because if Rose would have stayed in that room any longer, her clothes would have burned off. That's all I got. And glittery because. Um, stars yes there you go perfect fit Mm -hmm. toxic britney spears (laughs) unquiet dead uh which you uh as we said you watched this for verity not like last year right Mm -hmm. yeah september or october or something was it as late as all that Mm -hmm. yeah something like that it was it was not long before the series got started it was i don't know early 80s for the episode number right i really like this episode what about you you know, I I do too. It's not it's not something I love, but I think as we were talking about last time, I'm not exactly sure where I eventually got on board and learned to enjoy new Doctor Who. But I think that this was an episode that helped with that because it actually feels a lot more like classic Doctor Who. No surprise, since it's by Mark Gatiss, who um, I think at this point in the show's history, it makes sense for for an episode to feel this much like classic Doctor Who because we needed that a little bit. Some of us for sure needed that. Whereas I think his episodes continue to feel a lot like classic Doctor Who, even though the show has moved on more. Oh, so that's, good point. that's part of why I, I feel like this is this is the apex of Mark Gatiss stories for me personally. Because <laughs> it's his first album, basically. And every, mm-hmm. every, every album since has been that difficult second album syndrome. Is that right? Mm-hmm. But here we have lots of deaths. And I hate that that is a thing that makes me feel comfortable in Doctor Who um, but it, it at least at this point it certainly did because it felt more like the classic series um, we got to see the Doctor interestingly I like the fact that the Doctor is fallible here when I'm not always a huge fan of a fallible Doctor but I don't know somehow it, it worked um, mm-hmm. and Rose Rose has some great scenes with Gwyneth. We talked a lot about that on uh, on that episode of Verity because it was it was ostensibly supposed to be an episode of our, our show talking about Rose in the context of this story. So right. there's a lot of that, and you know, I the one thing that I know that I didn't like the first time I saw it was the celebrity historical angle 
because I have I've never really liked those very much in New Who. So I wasn't crazy about the fact that we had Charles Dickens here, except that it's Simon Callow, who I love. Uh, I knew him from Four Weddings and a Funeral, which is at the time uh, was probably still one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I love that film. Uh, so I, I liked seeing him. I think he was great. I think he was really, really great as Dickens, even though I'm not crazy about the doctor, you know, fanboying over. No, I, I think um, I think Dickens is sure he's Dickens, but I think he kind of fulfills the role of Henry Gordon Jago and um, uh, Professor Lightfoot because I think Mark Gatiss is just sort of writing mm-hmm. his version of uh, the Talons of Wing Chiang in a way because you can uh, tell he adores it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't actually remember Talons all that well, but oh, I right. I believe you. I'll, you know what? One thing I noticed uh, in the past couple of times that I've watched this is that um, through the whole section of the woman appearing in the theater, basically from when Dickens steps on stage until Dickens actually knocks on the door of the the morgue. This is after like the old woman has like stood up in the theater and the ghosts are flying around and people are running around and Rose is getting kidnapped and everything like that and they're riding the thing. There is no incidental music in that entire section it's about 10 minutes long and it almost feels like it kind of drags and i think that if that was made today i think they would be a lot more pacier music during that section and i'm wondering if that was a conscious decision on the part of like the director or even like if Mark Gatiss had to say, because they go, oh, in classic who, there wouldn't be music during all this. Uh, or perhaps it was uh, part of Murray Gold, or perhaps they just ran out of time. Who knows? But that's what I noticed this time around. I did not notice that at all. I was too busy, too busy watching the characters. I liked Gwyneth a lot. That's um, speaking of last uh, episode, the end of the world where Rose talks to Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. Mo- the whole first portion of that scene with uh, Rose and Gwyneth. Yep. Similar reason, because really? it was underrunning. So wow. they threw an awesome scene about talking about boys and bums and stuff like that before they got to the uh, the meat of the matter. So I'm finding out that a huge portion of Rose's character development is accidental, so to speak. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. Wow. That's mm-hmm. kind of fascinating. Although I think... Some of some of the great stuff from early knew who was the accidental stuff. Like, you know, when you think about Midnight being something that came together at the last minute, like, oh, whoops, we need something now. Let's let's do it fast. And that turned out to be really good. Or at least that's what everybody says. I think I've only seen that the once, too. Mm-hmm. City of Death in a way, too. Taking mm-hmm. it back to the classic series. Yep. Yep. Locking Douglas Adams in a in a hotel room for a weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or is that in the Invasion of Time? Uh, I believe it was City of Death. City of Death. I'm drawing a blank now because we just talked about this before we press record. This is the second straight episode with a um, four weddings and a funeral alum. <laughs> Who was in the last episode that I can't think of? No, it's in the next episode. You were saying that's right. The guy in the uh, the guy who plays the army guy was in four weddings and a funeral. Mm-hmm. Yes, in the in the scene at the the boatman pub where Hugh Grant. Uh, Ends up getting stuck talking to him and drinking whiskey because Andy McDowell hides behind a chair because she doesn't want to talk to him because he is a terrible bore and was trying to chat her up. But this isn't the Four Weddings and a Funeral podcast, sadly. No. So I will stop with that. What else uh, do you want to mention about The Unquiet Dead? Um, I love the moment when Rose steps out of the TARDIS at the beginning. Yeah. That is just really cool. The close-up on her shoe going into the snow, 
so evocative. The idea that she's stepping out into the past of her own world. I feel like, you know, Rose is the incidental adventure. You know, she gets swept up in the accident and the action accidentally. Uh, the end of the world is the doctor sort of trying to show off and becomes all crazy. This is her first real purposeful foray out into, you know, something that she is expecting. You know, it's not Naples. Um, mm. I'm I'm not sure how I feel about all of the Cardiff jokes here. Poor Cardiff. I know. Like Wales Wales gets made fun of a lot, I find, in British media, and I think that's kind of not cool. No, they are kind of the Newfoundland of um, of the UK, I think. Unless they have their own time zone half an hour off from everything <laughs> else, they, I don't think they deserve quite the, that same a level of scorn. Wales has become, thanks to Doctor Who, like the centerpiece of television production in the UK. But having been there, um, and after you know, we went to Cardiff like what after a few days of being in London. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a sleepy little city. <laughs> Well, we didn't go downtown Cardiff. We just went to the Bay that's area. So true. I don't think that that's necessarily the most appropriate uh, appropriate comparison. But yes, it's much smaller, and that the place where we were where we spent our time was definitely, you know, it was a different pace. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, though, this episode wasn't even shot in Cardiff. It was shot in Newport because oh. it has a, a greater selection of older looking buildings as opposed to Cardiff. So mm-hmm. if you were walking, you know, if we were wondering if uh, any of these locations were uh, ones that we walked by in Cardiff, uh, that's not the case at all. I was not wondering that. I did kind of wonder where that where they got that street, where they found it and and if it was all fake snow, uh, which I kind of assumed that it was. They, they shot this in like July or August, so yeah. They did a nice job with with the, the footprint though. It actually looked pretty good, like like an actual footprint in snow. And the the foley was was very good as well cuz it did have that same sort of sound of like, you know, crunchy snow as you step down into it. That is a sound I know very very well having grown up in Wisconsin and it was maybe a little high in the mix. It probably shouldn't have been quite as loud, but it was it was appropriate. Foley artists get carried away with everything though. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um it's my favorite of the series so far, I think. I think I really liked End of the World first, but I don't know, I quite enjoyed uh quite enjoyed the fun little um fun little ride i think this is this kind of strikes the right balance between classic who um feel and modern who pacing for Mm -hmm. me what about you yeah i think that's a good way to put it and we also get more of the modern who relationship between rose and the doctor Mm -hmm. because you know she's pushing back on him about the using bodies which I wouldn't have a problem with, but, you know, it's understandable that I, I can see a lot of people probably would just have that gut reaction to, to not want to do that. But I love then the doctor's comeback, like, do you carry a donor card? Mm. Which really, it's the same thing. You're saving somebody's life by giving up your body or a part thereof once it's gone. So excellent point. Um, and then what else did they... Oh, they, the other thing they argued about was was Gwyneth. And I thought that was... It's really well balanced the way that both of their characters have their own their own sort of points. It's not like the doctor comes out on top every time, like maybe you know you'd think he should because he's a time lord, but he really doesn't. He's he's wrong about about the Gelf because he foolishly pitied them, which uh, I think I think we talked about this on Verity that probably he was 
you know, this is his sort of post-traumatic time war issue. Anything that has to deal with the time war at this point, he is going to err on the side of making up for past errors. So that's why he's so willing to believe them. But the part that I like the best is that Rose is arguing that, you know, Gwyneth shouldn't have to do this. Gwyneth pipes up in the background and is like, don't I get a say? I can see in your head very clearly that you think I'm stupid, uh, which that that's kind of a nice touch. Rose thinks that because she's from the future, she's, she's better than Gwyneth, even though she's really not. Gwyneth is... Gwyneth is wrong in the end about what the motivations of the Gelth are, but she's right that it's her own decision and it is her time and she knows her mind. Mm-hmm. It's empowerment. It's agency, I believe, is mm-hmm. what the uh, the current catchphrase is. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I forgot how um, well-seated the Doctor's past um, and us discovering it is in the first parts. You know, we discover at the end, I remember the, the end of the end of the world where, the, you know, my planet's gone, it's been blown up, there's a war. And then here in this episode, they just sort of drop in that it was a time war. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that, that name for the first time. And you only know it because, you know, Rose looks over the doctor and he just sort of like acknowledges it before kind of like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, it was subtle. I like that. Yep, it was. It was. I, I, I love that little bit of, of body language between the two of them and recognizing that, yep, this is this is the one. And I also kind of like the idea that the time war was invisible to lesser species, like humans on mm-hmm. Earth, uh, but higher species it was really terrible for. So that's kind of, kind of putting us in our place a little bit, which I always find amusing. Yeah. Robert Holmes always used to do that sort of like, sort of diminish humanity in the eyes of the universe, mm-hmm. you know, tellurium and giving us different names, just sort of being one off little planet and stuff like that. Yeah. Which I think is kind of a necessary thing considering how often the doctor ends up on earth. I think we, you know, <laughs> it's so earth centric every once in a while, we need a line thrown in here or there to, to keep us in our, our actual place <laughs> in the universe. Yes. And not dragged across the universe, like at the end of journey's end. Maybe we'll get there someday. I actually had, don't have that much of a problem with journey's end anymore. I did not like it the first time, but see, when I go back and just sort of shed all of my preconceived notions and just watch Doctor Who with the thought that I am here to enjoy this. It is a, it is a show that I love. I'm going to find the things that I like about it and try to ignore the things I don't. I have a much better time. <laughs> life, life is better that way. Isn't it though? Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else about uh, Unquiet Dead that you, that you don't want to uh, say on Verity? I should say, because you have to have something left for that. Well, I don't need to have too much left about Unquiet Dead because we're just going to very, very quickly touch on it. As a matter of fact, if you want to hear me talk on Verity about the Unquiet Dead, go back to episode 80 something or other, Mm -hmm. probably like two or three or or something. Um, It's a really good conversation. I I don't remember, but I imagine it probably was. I am so far behind on listening back to Verity episodes that I only have just passed where that is i'm actually listening to 86 right now and i know that it was not too long before that so yeah to to give you a an idea that this upcoming one will be episode 104 or 105 i think 104 so Mm yeah i'm way behind i me too with rfs because i like to listen to each episode as it goes out too to make sure that everything's okay and you know remember (laughs) it and you know even even when it's six months later and it's too late to do anything about it anyway yep Call it a control. Yep. Um, well, uh, I guess that's it for Unquiet Dead. Next, um, we'll go back to the classic series. I suppose we, we should uh, alert the media audience of because uh, it's our 
unofficial anniversary on Wednesday. I prefer to say our anniversary observed. You know how like they have, you know, 4th of July and then, yeah, parentheses observed for on the Monday after or whatever, because that's the day people get out for President's Day observed. Oh, is that what it means? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because if it's, if, if the, um, if the holiday is on a weekend and you don't, that means you don't get the day off. Mm-hmm. So they do that. Or there are some other we, ones that. We, we don't get the day off on, well, you get the, I don't get the day off on Wednesday. I only get the, I don't get the day off on Wednesday because job searching is That's my true. job right that now. And that is, that is a, mm-hmm. a full-time job in and of itself. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we thought what better way uh, to, to celebrate our anniversary than to, to do a bunch of Doctor Who podcasts. So we'll probably, uh, what, we have three episodes left of the, of the Space Museum. I don't know if we'll get to those before Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, well, it might, might be the end of the Space Museum, museum and, and uh, some of the story that comes after that. So, yeah. So there, another little marathon. I know that drives people, no, it doesn't drive people nuts. Um, it drives iTunes nuts, apparently. I don't That's know true. if there's a setting or something. I know in my Podcatcher app, I have a setting that I can change to tell it how many episodes of a podcast to download because I, I have it just checked once a day. So every morning at six o'clock in the morning, it scans through all of the podcasts that I listen to, checks for all of them and downloads the last the last five episodes. Up to five episodes. That's how I have it set um, mm-hmm. for most of them for anything that's new. And then, of course, it only downloads anything that's brand new. So if a podcast has one new episode, it downloads one. I don't know if iTunes has a setting like that. Uh, I think there is. Um, there obviously is because it downloads uh, all the episodes for me fine on my iPhone. All that. So, yeah, we're good. We should be good. Hope we're good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Wednesday, fun. Fun Ooh. classic Doctor Who uh with us on lazy doctor who so join us if you can we're not live tweeting it or anything like that we're just watching and releasing episodes this only matters to those people in north america because it's like in the middle of the night in the uk Mm -hmm. well considering how late our bedtime has gotten lately it might be the middle of the night in north america too that's very true Mm -hmm. all right but i think that's all i got that's all i got too okay goodbye bye (laughs)